Well, hello everybody and welcome to the next episode in my podcast series, Did It Anyway. Today I have a really interesting discussion um, with a friend of mine um, who I met just a couple of years ago now and I'd probably be, need to be more honest and say he's probably better friends with my boys uh, because he plays footy with them. Um, his name is Brock Stanfield and he is my special guest today and you'll understand why I think this kid is just amazing as the story progresses. We're going to talk to this this uh, young fella who is, how old are you Brock? 15. 15 years old and we're going to chat with him about I guess the journey that he's been on for his short life um, but as we explain some of the challenges that he has to deal with, I think you'll be just as impressed as I am um, about this kid's courage, determination and just will uh, to win and to participate in whatever he wants to do as opposed to worrying about um, the ailment or the challenge that he has. So I'm going to introduce you to a couple of people because I've got three other people in the room with me. So we might uh, we'll jump through... Um, a few different people as we go throughout this podcast, and so there might be a bit of uh, hustle and bustle as we move through everybody. Um, but we've got Brock, obviously, as I mentioned, so you can say hi to everyone, Brock. Hi. <laughs> Man of many words. He said to me before we started, he said, how long does it go for? It might not go that long. <laughs> I, might, I might not say too much. But we've got his mum, Kel, and his and his dad, Lee, as well, so you guys can say hello while you're here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> So we are going to go through Brock's story. So here's the thing. I'm going to give you my perspective um, to get started because this kid, uh, and I probably shouldn't call him a kid. He's a young man, but I'm going to go with kid. Um, he has been inspiring me ever since we joined this footy club. So we live in a, in a place called Narry Warren, and we head down to play football at a place called Longwarry, which is around about 40 minutes drive from where we live. Um, when we arrive there... Um, the, the guy who I ended up speaking to was Brock's dad to join the footy club where my boys would start playing. So I spoke to Lee and he invited us to come down and we, we joined the footy club. Um, Brock was one of the kids that played and he stood out to me straight away because he has, um, he has one arm that's shorter than the other. And I straight away I was blown away by the fact that this kid's playing footy um, and playing footy very well, mind you, um, with one arm that is a completely different length to his other. So I want to start off by having Brock speak because I know he's a bit nervous, but I'm going to get him to talk about what he what he deals with. So his arm is, as I mentioned, probably three quarters is probably the best way to describe it. I mean, he's going to explain so you guys can see a bit of a picture of what, um, what his arm might look like because I know that we don't have a picture here. So um, why don't you try and explain that to us, Brock? Um, so as my, detailed as you can. So <laughs> my arm is um, three, three quarters... Length in length, um, it's fused at my elbow. Um, I have two fingers with like half a finger on the other, kind of sort of thing. It's a bit hard to describe. Um, so two fingers, one's a bit webbed with the other yeah. one, so that's sort of two for one deal on that yeah, one. There's a beauty, <laughs> yep. and then one other one, and so yep. but it's it's fused pretty much from the shoulder because yeah. your elbow doesn't move, does yep. it? No, so fused from my shoulder to my wrist. And I, but I can move my wrist, and I'm also missing a knuckle on one of my fingers. Yeah, that's that's about it. Much, yeah, that's about it. All right. So tell me, tell me. So and you still play footy with my boys. So this is yep. Aussie rules. So tell me, Brock, some of the some of the day to day challenges that you face um, with having that arm that you do. Uh, so probably some of my day to day 
challenges would be. Oh, oh, cutting my food sometimes. Yep. Yeah, that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, <laughs> doing my hair. <laughs> my your hair looks very good, by yeah, the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't really have many too many challenges. Can mum and dad help out a little bit? What would be some of the extra little bits that uh, are a bit more challenging? Uh, sometimes tucking his top in, I suppose, because he can't reach around and tuck it all the way in. Oh, my um, doing my up, buttons on my shirt. Yeah, doing up his buttons at times can be a bit of a challenge. Also, um, it holds him back a fair bit when he's forever he's got to do jobs around the house. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, not much. <laughs> Lee did mention a little bit before that he gets uh, Brock gets him to help out. Um, in cutting his steak, and um, we think he might be milking it just a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. If I can rewind time just a little bit, I want to take it back to when Brocky was born, because this obviously happened um, when he was born. And I want to get mum and dad's reaction. When you first noticed that um, that this was going to be an issue, I think you mentioned that it happened in the ultrasound that you saw something. I want to know your reaction, and then following on from that, I'd love to know... Um, how that affected the way that you treated him after he was born. Okay, so we found out at our 20-week ultrasound um, that they weren't too sure what was happening. They knew that there was an issue with the right arm. They weren't sure which bone was missing and whether he had a thumb or no thumb or how many fingers. Um, so we went and seen a specialist and if the radius bone is missing, it can be associated with other other issues, syndromes. Illnesses. And um, the specialist wasn't sure either. However, we had a great team of doctors through Monash and the children's who were ready to be on side when Brock was born. We did have a quick discussion that we had probably a few days left to decide if we wanted to continue with the pregnancy uh, that wasn't even a consideration in all of through Lee and myself. Um, yeah, I don't know, Lee. You got anything else? Uh, I think you've covered it pretty well. <laughs> Thanks for the help there, Lee. I'm sure <laughs> she's wrapped with that. <laughs> but I, I and to the to my second question, oh, which sorry. was about after he was born, mm-hmm. oh, well, Brocky's your first. Yes, obviously. So yes. did you? Did it become a real consideration after he was born or even in the early years of his life to treat him differently or a bit more carefully or did was that part of the consideration? I think in a, in a strange way, we, we didn't want to, I guess, mo- mollycoddle him so much. We wanted him to grow up to be a strong and independent boy and once we knew that Everything else was okay. You know, we had numerous tests done, um, blood tests done to rule out any genetic issues. Um, every every other organ was was normal. Um, I think yeah. Once we we all that relief, we knew everything else was okay. We just wanted to make sure we could teach him everything, and and for him to be able to do everything possible. For himself. For himself, yes. Yeah. So except cutting steak. Except, yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We haven't. We haven't mastered the part of him 
getting out of things yet. So <laughs> we'll have to work on that. But it was more about teaching him to be able to do, be independent and, and a strong and happy young man. All right, awesome. So tell me, though, everyone gets to a point where they've got to learn how to ride a bike. And how did that go? Were you nervous the first time that he jumped on a bike? Because he, can he reach it with both hands? How does that work? So he, well, it started with crawling. So he couldn't really crawl. Well, he could crawl in in some aspect, but he kept falling over and getting it. He constantly had a bruise on his forehead. So he decided that he could, he would bum shuffle. So he would bum <laughs> shuffle everywhere because that was a lot quicker. And a few of the health nurses, because there was a big thing about if they don't crawl at this stage, then it can... Re- be related to developmental issues and things like that, but we were fairly certain that there was nothing wrong with him and he was fine. Um, and then, yeah, with riding a bike, I wondered how he would manage with that because the arm's so much shorter, but he tackles things very, very well and riding a bike's never been an issue. He's constantly, from when he was could get on a bike, he was on a bike, or he had a ball, a football or a basketball or a soccer so yeah. always doing something. Always doing something. Or his little cars. He loved cars. So so I think from my perspective, straight away there's something that you do different to lots of other people is that you just find a different way. Yeah. So you, you might not have the perfect way, but you find a different way to achieve what you want to achieve. Yep. And I think that's a really, really good attribute to have, Rocky. And I think also because he hasn't known any different, so he just adapts to it because he doesn't know any other way. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. So just go with it. Yes. Love it. So mum and dad can help out with this a little bit as well, I think. But I'm sure when you were younger, uh, particularly, it might still happen now with, with kids, um, I, I assume they would come up to you and ask you some questions about your arm. Does that happen a fair bit, Brock? Yeah, that, that happens a fair bit. Right. Um, and so can you give me some examples of what would happen there? Maybe, Lee, maybe you can help out. You would have seen it maybe when he was a bit younger. Uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, one one time in particular uh, that sort of springs to mind. Um, it was generally when kids get to around about the age of about four that they start noticing um, noticing things. So uh, a lot of family members and stuff, uh, or their kids growing up. Um, Brock might see him twice a week for four years, and then one day they'll be just sitting at the table, and Brock, what happened to your arm? So just out of the blue. Just out of the blue. <laughs> They've seen him a million times and and they notice and Brock deals with it uh quite respectfully and just says oh, I was born that way or uh stuff like that. Uh but one <clears throat> one particular time that uh that really stuck in my mind, um, it was quite funny. Uh Brock were at a kid's birthday party at a play centre. Um obviously a lot of kids around and uh, quite a few kids that day had asked Brock uh, about his arm. So at the start of the the birthday party, Brock was quite uh, comfortable with him, just said, you know, I was born that way, I was born that way. Another kid came up, I was born that way. And it must have happened half a dozen times uh, through the course of this birthday party. And then towards the end of it, another kid came wandering up to Brock and asked him about his arm. And Brock's response was... Uh, a shark ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you used that one? I love that. Have you used that one since? Yeah, I've used it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> do you let them go for a while? Like, do you actually let them no, think about tell, it? I don't tell them the truth. If, I, I'm, if I'm getting annoyed, <laughs> I just let it go. And Brock was probably only about 
seven or eight at the time. I would oh, think, I think that's a rip. Maximum. I think that should be a go-to every time. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Oh, I love it. All right. I want to talk a little bit about footy, if I could, because yep. that's what's impressed me the most. So last year you were vice-captain of the footy club, and the thing that impressed yep. me the most about you, Brock, is your attitude. Um, now, your footy is great. I love when you kick a goal. It's very exciting. But for me, it's about your attitude. And the, the reason that I wanted to interview Brock today was because I said to him before, I said, you have this unbelievably positive attitude towards life. And that's been my experience in, in talking with you anyway. And I said, I want to be able to bottle that up in a little box and give it to people. And I figured I can just bottle it up on this podcast. And so that's my approach today is to try and figure out what the heck goes on in your head that can <laughs> help you to stay as positive as you as you do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you were vice captain of the footy club last year, as you should have been because you have such a great attitude. And you see it in everything that you do, all right? So when you can't do things on the footy field, I know that frustrates you. What are some of those things that are a struggle for you on the footy field that you wish you could do better, but because of your arm, you can't do it as well as you would yep. like? Um, so my my biggest one would probably be tackling the slightly bigger people. That's a bit hard because I can't wrap my um, arms all the way around. So And I'm pretty light as well, so that's a bit hard. I can't use my weight. So you just have to hope for the best most of the time. And <laughs> hope they fall over yeah, as you hit them. Hope, yeah, <laughs> hope they fall over. Well, I must say, though, last year there was a moment <laughs> where you didn't need the other arm. There was a moment, I have to try and explain it. So so Brocky, really nice kid, but got a little bit fired up at this moment and there was, a, there was another kid that he grabbed and whipped around like a rag doll with his... With one of his arms and threw this kid on the ground. It was a it was a proud moment. I think we <laughs> actually took a video of it and sent it to his family because I thought it was pretty cool. So you, you do all right sometimes with the one arm, Brock. Yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but I want I want you to tell me about um, how do you in those situations, right? So you're frustrated. You you're not tackling as you would like, or you know the kid runs around you because you can't. He's on that side. Yeah. You know the wrong side for you to tackle. How do you then get off the ground and, and remain so positive? How do you how do you stay positive for the next game and for the next or, or, or just for the next contest that comes in that same game? Um, so I just try to stay as positive as I can, just keep going, keep good things going through my head. But it's mainly my teammates that keep me up. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. So you find when they come slap you on the bum and say doing a good job or whatever that yeah. that really helps. Yeah, that helps. That's really good to know. I think. Sometimes we don't see the value of that. I think footy clubs do that better than most people in society, you know, giving a, a pat on the back or telling you you're doing a good job. Yeah. So that's really good to hear. I want to talk a little bit about going from under-14s to under-16s uh, because I remember having some discussions with your mum um, and your dad about different views, I guess, they had of you going from 14 to 16s. So... As, as Brocky already mentioned, he's pretty light of frame. <laughs> I don't know how much you've weighed 30 kilos ring and wet. I'm not sure, but <laughs> there's not much of you. You're pretty small. And the jump up to 16s is a big jump under 16s. Yeah. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Were you ever not going to play under 16s footy, Brock? Um, no, that really wasn't an option. It was mainly like I knew they were going to be big, but I just kind of passed that through my head. And, and just go, don't just care? Went, yeah, just... Just try my best. The first game of the season, I think it was, you played in that mixed under-16s, under-18s game against oh, yeah. Garfield. Yeah. 
yeah, that was um, that was probably my worst game. <laughs> Were you played. nervous? Yeah, I was a little bit nervous. They were yeah. big. Yeah, I knew there was a few big kids in there, so. And so, but still did it? Yeah. Still did it anyway. Now, I asked mum um, what she thought of that. I think it was at that game. Maybe it was the next one, but I asked her, how do you feel watching him play? And she just said one word, sick. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to tell me, Kel, what concerned you about him going from 14s to 16s um, and why did you feel sick? So my main concern was the size, size difference because he's coming up against kids that are already 16 and they're turning into young men and it was quite scary because I always look at Brock as my little boy and he's very skinny and I thought if someone falls on him, he may injure himself, but the other thing is he may break that little arm because there's not a lot of give in that elbow. Um, he does wear a brace, but that's that's not going to really do much if a big fellow. That's right. Some big kid falls on him. <laughs> yeah. um, so that w- that was my main concern, and they they were a lot quicker. It's a it's a quicker game than under 14s. You go up to the under 16s, and you come against some very big country kids. So that was my, my main concern. And I did try and get push the issue of getting a permit to stay in under-14s, but Lee and Brocky didn't want to have anything to do with that. So this was interesting to me because <laughs> the, the, the idea from Lee was very different to what it was. Obviously for Brock, I knew that he wanted to go and play. Um, I appreciate the mum feeling of like, I don't want my son to get hurt. I don't want that little arm to get broken. Mm-hmm. But Lee, what was your thoughts on on it? Why don't you expand a little bit on what Claire's uh, <laughs> Look, uh, for as long as Brock's been playing footy, he's wanted to be around the bigger boys. Um, as long as we've been down at Long Worry, um, Brock participates with the Senior Footy Club a fair bit on a Saturday afternoon. Um, so for him, all he wanted to do was go up and graduate to the Senior Club. Um, and for his own personal development, I thought that that was far more important to see him graduate than the possibility of he might get hurt. Um, I backed in Brock's footy now uh, that he tends to keep himself out of trouble a fair bit. Some people might say he's a bit soft, but um, <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's quite courageous. So um, I've, yeah, I've got full, full confidence in Brock's abilities and that, that he will manage to keep himself out of trouble and, and do well, and he has done well. Uh, this year to this date um, and let's see it continue further. So I, um, I'm always amazed at what you're able to do on the footy field yep. um, and I think what is, and I mentioned before finding a different way was something that you've already exhibited in other areas of your life but you certainly do it at footy. You understand what you can do and what you can't do and you play to those strengths, right? So I often see you trap the footy in a way that um, most other kids can't. And yeah. the way that you look inside or just your knowledge and understanding of the game is really rock solid. And so yeah. you are able to find a different way that other kids won't necessarily see because you're working from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a real credit um, to the way that you carry yourself. And and I'm sure at times it's scary going against some of those bigger kids, particularly when you've got to run in and do you ever get concerned that your arm's going to get smacked around or knocked or no, broken? I or I don't really think of that. I think my brace gives me a fair bit period of confidence as well. 
doesn't give your mum any confidence. No. <laughs> I, I have got better. <laughs> yeah, do you feel better about it now? A little bit better. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. So I want to I want to scoot back a little bit, jump off footy for a second. When you at school, has there been any moments at school where, because um, it looks different, right? So it yeah. looks different. Has there been any moments at school where kids have given you some grief about it? And what were some of the things that they might say? Um, so I was all good up until about year five when I moved schools, and there was just there wasn't much. Just a few kids were picking on me a little bit, um, being a bit mean, not not like a lot. But a little bit, just putting me down a bit. Um, I can't really remember what they were saying. It, was, it wasn't really that nice. It wasn't nice stuff. But yeah, just kind of putting me down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that? How did you deal with that? Like, was it was it hard? And maybe Mum could add to this because she might have seen it when it happened. I'd love to know a little bit more. Brock didn't say anything about it. He said everything was fine. However, there was quite a few mornings, and one in particular that stands out that when we moved schools that. He was crying in my wardrobe and didn't want to go to school and refused to go to school. Um, and we were very lucky that the teachers were fantastic at the school, so I had a meeting with them and we got to... Brock wouldn't tell me why. He just said kept saying he didn't feel well or he didn't want to go, but I knew there was something else. So back and forth with the school and we realised that it was a certain group of boys that were giving him a very hard time that had... I suppose, a reputation of this occurring with other children. So they went, they eventually did a, was it a mediation type thing? You sat around a table and... Yeah, we all sat around a table and talked together and just had a big discussion. And what was the outcome? Um, we kind of didn't talk for maybe the rest of the year and then the in year six we all kind of became friends and ever since then we've been friends. Up, up until today. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty good from you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that... What do you think of that, Mum and Dad? I think that's a pretty impressive effort. I think it's very, very good on Brock, but I'm still... A little bit grumpy at him? A bit, a bit wary. Yeah. But I'm but proud of Brock for being the bigger person. And I want to know Dad's response to that. When did you find out? Did you find out at the same time, I guess? Yeah. And how did you feel? Uh, I was pretty angry at the kids. Um I was, yeah, was advised that I should stay away, um, <laughs> so I did. But certainly supported Brocky yeah. um, through that challenge. It was a very challenging time for him, um, trying to fit in at the school, uh, and then copping. Uh, he was he was isolated a fair bit um, and didn't really understand why, um, and didn't know how to talk about it with us and bring it up. So it was. It was quite a difficult time, but he, he managed to get through it um, with some help from us and the school. Um, and, yeah, he's friends with, with those kids today, and um, I'd like to think that they treat him with the respect that he deserves. I think it says a fair bit about who you are, Brock, in the way that you answered that question that I asked, in that you said, yeah, it wasn't too much, you know. Some people have done a couple of things, and then your mum's going, that's, that's rubbish, Brock. <laughs> that is rubbish. And, and I think that says a bit about who you are and and that is don't let too much break you or get you down you, you just keep pushing forward right and I want you to think about what what would you say to other kids dealing with a similar type of 
I guess, bullying or you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't even matter, but kids being buttheads. Because, you know, kids can be pretty mean sometimes. And I don't think innately those kids are evil or horrible. I just think kids are mean when they see things that are different to what they're used to. And so it's easier to pick on someone and make them feel a little bit better maybe. But what would you say to other kids that maybe are dealing with similar types of things for whatever reason? What would be your advice to them after going through what you've gone through? I'd probably just recommend talking to your parents or talking to the teachers that you trust and just tell them, get it all off your chest. And yeah. Yeah. So so the, you mentioned that it took a while until you started speaking to these kids yeah. again, but how long did it take you just to sort of calm down about it and, and be okay with these guys again? Um, it probably took maybe one term and I was kind of like, yeah, see what happens try and be friends with them see if they accept me or what happens they don't oh well they don't just go find some other friends good call just go find some other friends because they're not your friends if they're treating you like crap are they no (laughs) let's be honest um so are there any other um frustrations or challenges that you have now that um you feel like you're able to deal with because of your arm uh i don't I don't think so. I really have any other issues. So just you take it all in your stride now and yeah. just sort of go, it is what it is. You, you, yeah. You're comfortable in who you are and how yep. your body works and that's awesome. So what's the plans for the future? So I look at you as a budding AFL star or an AFL coach actually is where yeah. I sort of see you heading. But what what is the what is the plan for you after after school, after footy? What's the plan? I, I, I hope to keep playing footy. All the way up to seniors. Um, I might get like an apprenticeship or something. I don't really know what I want to do when I'm older, but something build building or something like that. Right. Excellent. But you want to keep playing footy? Yeah. How's your mum feel about you playing seniors footy? Yeah, she'll get over it. <laughs> Not sure what to say on that one. <laughs> so maybe there's more discussions to be had maybe <laughs> in the in I the Stanfield household. I don't think I get a say anymore. I've just got to keep keep paying private health insurance, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll help keep him safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you know, in case. You know, Brock, for me, um, you are a real standout in the footy team for me. And I know that there's going to be moments that you deal with playing footy where it's not going to go the way that you want. And yeah. certain people aren't going to treat you the way that you should be treated. Um, maybe because they don't know you or for for whatever reason. But for me, I think you're a real light for other kids in the sense that you've got this challenge. This is your thing that you have to deal with and you've dealt with it in such a positive, encouraging way of other people as well. You don't, you don't sit and wallow in, you know, um, feeling sorry for yourself or anything like that. And that's a real, that's a real credit. And I know my kids look up to you as a real example of someone who's just a a good kid with a really positive attitude. Yeah. And so I think um, I think we we have choices that we can make. And for the people listening to this podcast, we have choices that we can make. Everybody has, you know, stuff going on in their lives. I get, guarantee every single person listening to this podcast today has stuff happening in their lives that is not ideal. It could be financial, it could be emotional, it could be physical, like Brocky's situation. It could be a variety of different things. But we choose how we respond. And I think Brock's just a really good example of choosing to see the good in whatever situation and looking at what we can do as opposed to what we can't do. Because sometimes we spend our lives 
focused on all the stuff that we can't do or all the ways that things are not going to work. But the reality is that's just a choice. Yep. And, and I think if we take Brocky's lead and go, right, I want to find a different way to do this or I'm going to look at the best thing that I can do in this situation and not worry about what I can't do, we'll be able to achieve so much more in our lives. And so I think, I think you're a great example, Brock, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And I know as a 15-year-old kid coming in here to sit on a podcast and sit in front of a microphone, it's pretty scary, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. It's <laughs> all right. I got used to it. <laughs> but maybe <laughs> I think you've done a good job. Um, but I think you'll do more of this as you get older yeah. because as you keep that attitude, you influence other people. And we all, we all might not think that we do amazing things. Almost everybody I interview on these podcasts always says to me, Baron, why do you want to interview me? I don't do anything fancy. I don't do anything cool. But my podcast is titled Did It Anyway. And it's based off the book that I wrote called Do It Anyway, which is no matter the challenge that you face, no matter the challenge, go after your dreams and do what you want to do. Do it anyway in spite of the challenges that you face. And that's what you are doing. So you're going out and acting in spite of the challenge. It doesn't matter. You're going to find a new way, find a different way. And that is what in that that is like what it's all about. And so I commend you for your effort. And I, I think you've got to keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. And for everybody else that's listening, I think we can take a leaf out of his book and have a look at our lives and think, right, I've got this challenge. So what? I've got, I can go out and get what I want. It's irrelevant, the challenge that we face. No one ever in history has accomplished anything of significance without consciously ignoring many a plausible excuse. And we have that opportunity to do that every day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast today. I encourage you to subscribe, if I can even say that word correctly, subscribe to my podcast, um, share it with your friends, and let me know if you've got some stories that you think um, would be great to share. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to talk to those people. Um, so shoot me a message um, and I'd love to have more of a discussion with you. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a ripper day, everybody. Take care.